We are live. The Hobby with Cage, episode 42. And we got Daps Sports with us. Welcome to the show. What is up, Cage? Good to be here. I'm happy to have you. It's a, a you know a different type of uh, guest for me. You know, I bring on a, a different type of audience. My uh, my my Spotify and Apple Music and that kind of stuff. They they tell me my my age range skews north of thirty, and I, I have a feeling you know you are lower than you are under thirty. I'm thirty five, Cage. So wow, yeah, people think I'm twenty five, but I uh, never would have guessed. Yeah, I'm I'm 35, and uh, we're both New Yorkers, so I think I'm I might peg right into where your audience is. Actually. Wow! And yet yeah. here I am thinking that you know the you treat the hobby a little differently than you know the the crusty old folks like myself who you know who just want to open 80s junk wax. No, no. So I I think I'm I'm in a prime position to speak to the kids and to speak to the old crusty guys too with this where with where my age is at. Yeah. I like it. I like it. So. You have a different way of, of attacking this videos, right? You just you put out a ton of video content, right? So I'll just I'll just jump right into it, right? So if if you had a um, you know an elevator pitch to the people out there in the hobby, the thirty seconds, like here's what I believe about the hobby, and and this is why I make the content I do. What would it be? Like what what are your thoughts overall? How much fun it is. So what DAP Sports is it is is showing you in these videos is when you rip a pack of cards, when you rip a box of cards, we want to bring you through that experience, right? Because anyone who has never ripped a, a box or a pack or hasn't ripped one in 10 or 20 years, this is what it's like. And this is what you spend. And sometimes you're up and sometimes you're down. But the thrill of the chase is why we all do it, right? Yeah. I mean, it's interesting, right? So it's fun and thrill the chase and up and down. So when you first started talking, I hear it's about the fun. But then when we end it, it's about the money because up and down is not really fun. Up and down is monetary. Up and down is, okay, I put this much in and I got this much out. Maybe I got more out. Maybe I got less out. Is part of what you're saying that even if you're down, you're at least providing fun for the folks, the people who are involved are at least having fun? Is it an entertainment type of thing? Well, I think we could break this down to let's just go to the true collector, right? You're, mm -hmm. you're ripping boxes or packs because you collect. Yep. The way you know you're up or down or that you're happy or not is you've hit a rare card, which is associated to a value. So you can't know joy and pain. They both don't exist. And you can't know if the card you hit is worth anything or that it brings you joy. Listen, don't get me wrong. There's plenty of cards that are pretty that we enjoy and they're not worth a dollar right? Or they're worth five bucks or they're worth 10 bucks. But if you ask, you know, 10 people who collect nine out of 10 are going to tell you they're chasing a particular card or a particular player and they're not doing it just for free, right? Yep. They're doing, you're spending your hard earned money on this stuff because you think, Hey, I might get equal value. I, I might get half the amount, but I'm still happy because of the cards that I acquired, but you're not doing it just for free and anybody who says that you know I, I would like to have a long conversation with them all right i mean we can we can almost have it here so here not about for free there are collectors out there who just say hey i i just want my cards i want to buy them and i don't care what they're worth i mean i don't know whether or not that's truthful or not but here's my here's my my take right and i've i've done this a couple of times I, I did one episode a while ago where you know i said breaking is you know akin to an unregulated casino and i think we're going to see some changes in regulation and and you know how the uh you know how breaking is run and done but more recently, I did an episode called 
Breaking Bad for the hobby. That was a little play on the little, you know, Heisenberg and Breaking Bad. <laughs> but love it. here's the thing. And I've had this conversation with, with a lot of people who break. I believe, and please, I want to hear the counterpoint from you. Tell me, you know, how you either disagree or, you know, how you tackle this, that it's bad if breaking just becomes a slot machine and people are putting a hundred bucks in a break, not caring about the card they hit, just caring about the value of that card. And if they happen to hit a card that is more than a hundred dollars, more than what they, they're just going to sell that to have more money to get into the break. And if they happen to get less than hundred, let's say they get a $30, they're going to sell that also to get that 30 bucks back and put it towards getting another break to try to gamble, you name it. So when people are at a slot machine, they're not collecting the credit. They're not collecting that, that little form that comes out. You know, there's no asset. There's no card. There's no, you know, collectible. It's just a matter of money in, money out, and hoping at the end of the day, you have more money than you put in. The problem with that is with cards, ultimately, if that's the goal, what cards are ever worth anything? If people are just trying to get in, get in, get out, get out, and no one is actually buying into these things to own the asset, to own the card, what does that say for the long-term value of what's being broken? Well, I would equate um, the hobby to the stock market as opposed to a casino. And there's people who invest in stocks long-term and there's people who day trade, right? And they both need to exist yep. for the entire thing to run, right? So when you ask about uh, the slot machines and the gambling, the only question I pose to anybody who says breaking is uh, gambling, I, I would say, what is the difference between buying a box of cards and, and chasing it? You don't know what's in that box of cards. You buy a, a, a Prism Hobby box for close to $1,000, you could have $500 after, you could have 1,000, you could have 100, you could have 10, you could have 2,000. So. When you say, listen, when you break it down into random teams mm -hmm. and there's that random element of chance in a break, sure, you, I, I could understand the argument. But if we're talking about a pick your team break, for example. Or pick your right? player. Or, or pick your player. Even better. I, I don't understand. There is no difference to me in breaking in, the, in a pick your team break and buying a box of cards. And I would argue that as a collector... Everybody who buys a Prism Hobby Box, and we're just using Prism for the sake of this conversation, you're probably chasing one player or a couple players, yep. right? You have in your mind, you're like, I'm going to rip this box, and I'm hoping to get whoever you're a fan of, whether it's a player or a team. Yep. So if a Prism Hobby Box is a 1000 bucks, and let's use this year's draft class or this past year's draft class as an example, it's a thousand dollars in a break that we would run. The Niners would be about a hundred dollars. Mm -hmm. So if you, as a collector, only want Brock Purdy, right, and you're you have to spend a thousand dollars on this box to chase the Brock Purdy you want, what Dap Sports is going to offer is, hey, you could buy the Niners ten times, and you're only going to get Niners cards, and you're only a fan of the Niners, and now you have just increased your chances ten x. You get Brock Purdy cards in 10 boxes. So from a strategy point, even as a collector, even if you don't want to sell the Brock Purdy cards, why would you spend $1,000 on a Prism Hobby box to chase Brock Purdy when you could spend the same amount of money and get Purdy's across 
10 boxes. I think the so, player is a great argument for it, but even forget about Purdy because he's the one everyone's chasing. What if what if you don't like Purdy? What if you are looking for somebody else? What if you're looking for, you know, the tight end that the Raiders drafted, right? And you you don't want to buy the $1,000 prison box, or you can't, right? You can buy the Raiders in a break. And no one cares because Raiders don't really have any great rookies this year. Or you can buy that tight end or you could buy that wide receiver and pay a fraction of the box price just to get that. Now, it doesn't mean you're going to get it. There's still a gamble to it, right? But if you really but, want but it, you just but, buy the card. <laughs> but my whole point is that there's a gamble in sports cards. Yep. Just ripping any box. If you make that argument towards breaking, you have to be able to say, okay, well, then all of sports cards are a gamble too. So I'm totally cool with saying both or neither, right? But you can't have it when it's convenient in conversation to say, well, breaking's bad because, okay, well, then sports cards are bad. Oh, well, then breaking's good because, okay, well, then sports cards are good, right? right. Because- so I think the best thing you said was, you know, it, the hobby does better with both. Right. I mean, we, we kind of get into this investor versus collector, you know, flipper. Ver- I mean, some people are gamblers and some people aren't. I guess that, you know, the, the best way of saying it is that just like you need day traders, you need people to hold for the long term who, you know, want to just keep the stock and get their dividend. You know what I mean? That's kind of uh, kind of the best argument that I've heard. All right. So so we've clarified that you say I say breaking bad. You say breaking good. I like it. It's, uh, you know, it's good stuff. Tell me about your your content, right? Because your content's a little bit different than what everybody else has out there. Is it, do you take a cue from like Twitch streamers and like, you know, YouTubers who are, you know, video gamer? It's, it's colorful. It's funny. You got a lot of the twins. You got a lot of, you know, the, the boxes. He spent this much on whatever it is. You know, I will give you one prop and then I want to, you know, I want to talk about you know, I want to hear you say, you know, explain kind of what's the thought process behind it. But just as many videos are out there with somebody hitting something good, I see from you guys videos of this is a $200 box. Here's what we got. And it's like $15 out of it. So it's not, it's not sugarcoating it, which I do like, because that's one issue that I have. I think, you know, new entrants come in here and obviously the biggest videos are going to be the ones that are hit. So when you start, you know, you, you, you Google or put in YouTube like box breaks, you're going to see the one of ones get hit. You're going to see these massive cards get hit. There's nothing wrong with that. Obviously, you want to advertise your best stuff, right? Casinos advertise that we just had a jackpot here. You go to a 7-Eleven and they advertise right on the door. Someone just hit the $3 million scratch off. I mean, it, it's fair to do that. You're not going to advertise the crap. But I think you do a good job of showing both. So talk to me about your, your, your content and why I think it's a little different than most. Yeah, well, I think uh, as consumers, you know, you and I have been to the movies over the last 20, 30 years, right? And what what works in movies most of the time is the truth, right? And outside of, you know, your, your superhero movies where we're living in a fantasy land, but a lot of the best movies that they make are based on a true story, right? So there has to be a degree of truth in what you're filming. So we've been filming content around sports cards every day for almost three years now. So what we realized pretty early, we had the same mindset. Hey, people want to see the big hits. But one day we were in Target and there was a score hanger, $9.99, and nobody wants score, right? But we decided let's just film it because it's, it's, it's not much of an investment to, to make this video. Let's see how it does. And what we realized is that we got more video or excuse me, we got more views on this particular video where we lost than a bunch where we won. And we go, well, if people enjoy watching us lose and win, it doesn't really matter. And again, back to truth, 
that's the truth of ripping cards is that you're not going to win every single time yep. and you lose more often than you win. Right. So I think the, the, when you're telling people the truth and you're showing what can happen and sometimes you hit a big Joe Burrow downtown out of a blaster, it's few and far between, but most of the time, you know, you might be down. Yep. And the thing is that the true collectors, like you said earlier, they don't really care if they're down. They love the cards. Right. So for us, we just want to create content where we show people an entry point into the hobby where, hey, you could spend $200 on a box and you can only have $5 worth of cards. But if you watch our videos, the reason we all do this is, hey, you could also be up money. And do you enjoy the rip of the cards is the question, right? Because yeah. if, if you I like don't, what you're saying, I'll, I'll tell you what, it, what it, it makes me think of. It makes me think of um, people play video games and they stream them and they get a lot of views. They get a lot of views. You know, people people have the mask on and they're playing, but you know what gets more views? The uh, the virtual reality fails when dad puts on the thing and they run into a wall and it's like, wow, this guy, you know, he just broke the coffee table and those get millions of views. It's mm -hmm. almost like that because it's honest, right? Not everybody is, you know, a streamer and ninja and whatever the heck, you know, that most people are putting on the virtual reality and running into a wall or breaking their television. That's what we get with some of those videos. And it's funny because... I mean, I'm sure there's a split on this. Recently, you know, Fanatics is doing a lot of breaking and we're seeing, you know, Kobe one-on-one get hit, you know, cut auto. We're seeing, you know, the, the Mike Trout one-on-one got hit. This is all in the last month, right? A, a Jackie Robinson cut auto one-on-one hit. And, you know, my fear is people watch that because those are going to get blasted. You know, those are going to be out there in every channel. And you're like, all right, well, I'm going to go buy that box for a couple hundred bucks and I'm going to get a Jackie Robinson. No, you're going to open that box and you're going to get some third year no name from the Orioles and be like, what the heck is this? And at least you're showing that. Well, listen, part of uh, our responsibility at Dap Sports 2 with entertainment um, that we put out through content is education, right? So the way that Dap Sports started was actually me creating YouTube videos in my bedroom, explaining to people, hey, I bought this card for this price and I sold it for this price. And this is my profit. But I also did it with my losses. I said, hey, and then I explained, I timed the, the market wrong on this one, right? This guy got injured. That's why I lost. This guy got traded. This guy is no, is no longer performing at the level that he was once performing at, right? And if you have an audience and you have a fan base, you can't just be you know, shoveling lies or, or just everything is great all the time. Like that's not how you're going to resonate with an audience. And it, listen, we make mistakes. We're human beings. We're, we're, we are, you know, not without flaws. So I make mistakes. I share them with you. I hope that um, you can learn from my mistakes, right? And I think that's what a lot of educational content does. And I think that if the hobby is to 10x, like everybody wants to talk about all the time, we need to be putting out educational content that helps people enter the hobby at an affordable price point where they don't have to put up a thousand dollars and be down 900 on a box, right? You can enter a break for 29 bucks. You can enter a break for 19. You can start by only buying your, your home team, which is the Ravens or the Raiders, like you said. And the example we used earlier where the, the, the Niners are a hundred dollars. If you're buying the Ravens and they're $19, I mean, you could get a lot of Ravens cards out of Prism Hobby across 20 breaks and still be at half the price of the box. So let me ask you this. So, 
any community building around the breaks or when you get too big, you just can't do it. And I'll explain what I mean and then I'll let you run with it, right? I think one of the positive things that can get glossed over with breaks is you get to know the people who are breaking with you. And I mean, I think a smaller breaker, maybe a mom and pop might be better equipped to do this than somebody who's got a huge amount of volume. But, you know, let's say there's 10 people in the break, four of them, you know, did well. Four of them did okay. Two of them did terrible. But you know those two who did terrible, and you know because they've bought from you before that they usually buy the Cleveland Cavaliers, right? They're a, they're a Cavs fan. And you happen to have, you know, somebody let you keep stuff. You got inventory. You happen to have a bunch of Okoros. You have a, a bunch of Darius Garlands. You can throw those in for that person so that they don't feel like they were the one of the two who got shafted in your break. It's a customer service type of thing. That happened at all because to me, that's a cool part of breaking that gets lost in the headlines of casinos, right? If you build up a community, get to know who's breaking with you, get to know your customer. It's sort of like when I go to you know a restaurant near me and they throw in a bottle of Diet Coke when I buy the food, right? Any of that in what you do? Absolutely. So we had a guy years ago who big Lions fan and he spent probably the most money I've ever had one person spend with us. And uh, I went on, uh, you know, I went to my local mem, mem shops and I found this Barry Sanders signed jersey framed. I mean, he was spending a lot of money and I just sent it to him and I just said, hey, thanks for ripping with us. Right. No, no strings attached. I sent it as a surprise. I didn't tell him. And uh, the the messages I got back from that from that were more than I could have even anticipated. You know, you really know how to treat your customers. Thank you so much. You don't know how much this means to me. Nobody else who I break with would send me something like this, right? So you're absolutely right with the Cleveland Cavaliers, uh, you know, analogy. We've done that over here. And, you know, your more corporate hobby shops. I, I tend to think hobby shops are a little bit more personal. But if you walk into a hobby shop and you grab a box and you go home and you rip it yourself, the guys at the hobby shop don't know if you're down or up unless you tell them, right? right? So that's oh, I what send breaks. pictures. I send pictures <laughs> back to my guy. I'm like, look at this crap. I'm like, $225 for this? And he's like, oh, right. that's good. You know, he's going to do better. He's going to turn it around the second half. I'm like, no, this is garbage. What are you doing? So he so, yeah, and, and Right. And maybe he could take care of you, you know, the next time you're in there for sure. But, um, you know, when you're when you're in an office and you're shipping out every single day and you see somebody there every single night in your stream – Right. I don't know how often you go to your hobby shop, but I imagine you have a lot of stuff to do and, and you might get there once a week, once a month, whatever the Maybe number Friday. is. Right. Whereas breaking allows you, I'm on the couch. I'm going to hop into a stream real quick and you're, you're effectively hopping into a store yep. real quick. Right. Just to browse around. Some people just, we have people who watch every night. They don't buy anything. And I appreciate them as much as I appreciate the guys who buy because they keep our numbers up. They engage with the community. Not only, you know, when new guys come in, they go, what's a break? Not I, my streamers really? don't just, always. That's good. Right. That's actually good to hear. I mean, that there are people out there who are coming in and this is what they're doing. Do you take extra time on folks who say it's not, do we educate them? Do we point them to content? Do, do people in the chat kind of fill them in? How, how does that work? So, so ex that's where I was getting at is that, of course, our, we, we want our breakers to constantly be educating uh, everyone who's in our stream, but also we have to narrate the breaks too. So you can't have two voices speaking at once in one stream. So there's a, a tremendous amount of fans who answer questions in real time for people, which is community, right? That's where the community lies on these live streams. And that's what I think that um, some people who have a, a negative connotation of breaking, 
they don't understand it fully. They don't understand the benefits, right? And that's okay. Listen, Rob from Burbank, I heard him the other day with Jeff Wilson talking mm -hmm. about how the hobby is going to 10x like you were talking about earlier. And he's, of course, he's going to advocate for clean hobby shops. He has a beautiful shop. It's incredible, right? He does an incredible job at that shop. We aspire to have a shop like that. Yep. But of course, I'm going to advocate for what I do best because I know the value in what we do because I do it 24 hours a day, you know? So um, to each his own, right? Listen, nobody's perfect. There are mistakes all around. I made a mistake and we'll make sure everybody listening to this, if in case they haven't heard from me, they're under a rock. It's not DAPS, D-A-P-S. It's D-A-P-P-Z. Why? Um, D-A-P-P-Z. So DAPS came from, it was a, a fraternity name that was given uh -oh. to me. I was, uh, years ago, I went to SUNY Buffalo in New uh -huh. York. So okay. it was just a, a name that was given to me and it stuck. And Sammy. Sammy Buffalo. Boom. I, yep. I could read yeah. people. That was, that was impressive, actually. Yeah. So sometimes I tell people Sammy and they're like, what is that? What is, nope, you know, I they don't tell. even know what that means. I, that was not mine. I was in Sigma Phi Epsilon. So I some people get those, those nicknames or those pledge names and they just kind of go away. Um, and then I ended up making a meme page a couple years after college that was just called Daps, right? Because that was my name. That's and I, name. you know, I, I created memes and, and I was creating content in LA for a couple of years. And that's what kind of helped me when I started Daps Sports. Uh, I looked at everybody's pages on Instagram and what I noticed was everybody posted pictures of their cards and that was their Instagram page. And by the way, you should want to post pictures of your cards. You collect, it's important to you. you cards know, are what it's I'm about. Not, right, right, right. And I'm not diminishing any of that. It's just, I looked at that from the angle of how do I, I don't want to have another page like everybody else. How do I be unique in this space? And I noticed there was not a lot of video content um especially on instagram so youtube you know sports card investor was around and pac-man and card collector 2 and mojo but um i wasn't necessarily impressed with the amount of content that was being produced on instagram and i just felt like there was a huge opportunity to you know give the hobby that content so was your pledge name i like it my pledge name i don't know after a thousand and change episodes i don't know whether i've ever told anyone my pledge name and it's, you know, it's a little embarrassing. I was, uh, I'm, I'm a big guy. I was even bigger in college when I pledged. Um, I also, because of pledging, I was rocking a full on crew cut. Like I got, I got, I may have the best hair in the hobby. I'm covering it now with Bleaker Trading. I mean, Ryan's, you know, Call Collect 2 has gotten a little crazy. Jesse Craig's got good hair. I think I got the best hair in the hobby. But at that time I had a crew cut. I was rocking a full on like, you know, buzz. Cut. This is almost this is getting weirder and weirder. We're both from New York. I also had a crew cut. Crew cut, but it was almost shaved. It was like it was like a zero almost, right? My pledge name was Ox, which I, yeah, I might not be old enough for this. Stripes, an old Bill Murray John Candy movie where they joined the army and I got the head shaved, the whole deal. And John Candy's his name is Ox Dewey Oxberger. That's how big I was. Like that sounds like it would be a cool name to have, though, at a university for sure. I was, yeah. that was it. so that was that was my pledge name. So anyway, we move forward. We get off. Wait, can I can I jump in and ask where Cage came from? Sure, it, uh, a, a story that's been told a few times because um, it's not my name, although a lot of people think it is. And a very funny uh, story at a Hofstra show uh, a couple months ago. I, I brought my wife to a show, 
And one of the dealers went up. Did you know his name's not really Cage to my wife? Which is, <laughs> she's like, yeah. She's I, like, no, I don't. I, I didn't I, know that. I, yeah. I, I, I knew that. <laughs> so um, the, the the Reader's Digest, the short version of it is um, a few years back before the UFC had their Reebok deal in place where everybody shared and share alike with the Reebok sponsorship, uh, fight kits were a big deal. And people were able to get basically almost NASCAR style sponsors on their shorts and shirts and and you name it. And um, a couple of sponsors were not paying, a couple of fighters. Um, I had a, a friend who's also a lawyer who was sponsoring fighters. And a couple of fighters came to him and said, you know, hey, we have some problems trying to get our sponsors to pay. We helped them. I started Cage Lawyers thinking we were going to help the fighters unionize and it was going to be this big thing. I even, I even got a, a trademark on the phrase, never fight alone. Pretty cool. And uh, so this was going to be a big thing. And then and we, we, we helped a couple of fighters actually get out of their contracts, you know, not from the UFC, trying to get them in the UFC. Um, but then the Reebok contract happened and basically like everybody was a Reebok and that was all you had on. And there was no more like, you know, uh, um, Ricky Bobby style of advertising on, uh, you know, on people's shorts and fight kicks. So it was almost like, you know, it never happened. But I had built up a decent, um, you know, Twitter following. I also am a huge UFC fan, which obviously is, is you know, how this happened. Um, I collected UFC cards from 09 through like 15. Wow. Um, and I had a bunch of, you know, posts on there, a lot of fighters, pictures, and you name it. And I was never on Instagram. I never signed up for Instagram um, until Gary V got on the hobby kick many, many years ago. And he reached out to me on Twitter and was like, you got to, you know, come to my office, these cards you post and I got questions. I go, I'll buy stuff from you. And I went to his office. I sold him a bunch of stuff. And he's like, are you on Instagram? And I'm like, no, I'm on Twitter. That's where you found me. So I carried over because I had cool. a couple thousand, whatever it was. So it stayed just cage lawyer. So that that's the deal. I mean, there's nothing crazy to it. It does have a reason. It is cage. It is UFC, you know, MMA related. Um, doesn't mean I, I can hold my own in a cage fight. Probably not. I've never like trained no mixed martial arts. No, no, I'm a big dude, but, uh, I'd love I, to know. see how Dana White would react to you unionizing the, uh, the fighters. Yeah. I mean, listen, <laughs> when I started tweeting about it, he blocked me. So you already know how he, uh, how wow. He, yeah. <laughs> but you were, you were like on that yeah. level. Cool. Yeah, yeah. He blocked, but I'm not blocked anymore. Um, I actually owned the Dana White 2009 rookie one of one at one point. And I can only wow. imagine what that sells for now. Um, and if we're getting into UFC, it's kind of a side note. But Joe Rogan's cards were nothing. I used to use Rogan's cards. This is before the podcast. Use his cards to ship other cards, like as if they were cards. Wow, now, it's hundreds of dollars of his cards. It's insane. Dude, I, I've been I've been actually trying to find a couple tens. They're not easy to come across. They're not even easy to really attribute a price to there's nobody just so graded. little sales when those yeah. come out of 09 no one was grading i mean i graded yep. the first few like john jones autos i graded a lot of red ink autos the, the round one you know their stickers very bad a lot of chipping they're almost like pmg like i got an 8.5 on a on a round one autograph it was the highest graded one out there you know, back at 8.5 on a bj pen um but i sold all that stuff i sold all that stuff i wish i held on to it um I had Ronda Rousey's one of one first finest auto, like her rookie auto one of one. Wow. I sold that, you know. So anyway, there's your cage, there's your stuff. I got a question for you, and we'll let you we'll, we'll let you walk. We'll we'll let you wrap it up with this. The national days away. All right, what can we expect from DAPS Sports at the National? What are you doing there? How do people find you? You know, what can we expect from you there? You breaking there? 
So we will be in the Breakers Pavilion. Um, we're kind of in this weird spot because we do not break at shows, believe it or not. Um, we've done it in the past. It's not something I enjoy. We've kind of gotten to a scale where I just can't guarantee the the customers. It's just it's, it's a infrastructure nightmare, right? To to bring that operation over there. So. I like to make sure our customers' stuff is shipped the following morning. There's no issues. It's just, it's not worth it for us. So we go to these shows strictly to film content, to do giveaways. And that's what we're going to do at the National in a big way. You're going to see collab posts with, you know, every influencer in the hobby. And if you're going to be their cage, I would love to, to film something and do a little collab post. Uh, you know, we can obviously talk about that offline, but um, please come to our booth. We're going to be giving away signed full-size football helmets, kabooms, prism hobby boxes, downtowns, you name it. Um, and we're going to have a lot of activations at the actual booth. You come to our booth. I don't want to reveal what they are yet. You play a little game and you win a prize if, you know, you, you, you actually complete the the challenge. The task. It's, it sounds like it's like a scavenger hunt or maybe like a physical challenge, like old Double Dare episodes. That sounds good. Dude, Double Dare was like, remember when they introduced that Double Dare with a mountain? What, yeah. There was like a different name to that. Yeah, that yeah, was serious. I yeah. mean, forget it. I, but as a kid, when I watched it, even though I was a fat kid, I could swear I could do better than everybody who was on it. I would always take a physical challenge and I would always win. That I, I, listen, growing up That's in that coming. era too, like Nickelodeon and all those shows with the ooze, it's just you you always wanted to be on TV. And it's it's so interesting to see now as as we're older, it's those shows, I don't know, maybe they still exist, but now they're on YouTube or now they're doing the Instagram or TikTok 60 yep. second versions of this stuff. So it's really cool to see how content and media has evolved. And I think you know, going back to what we were talking about earlier, that's what the ho the hobby needs to do too: is start creating this content, whether it's short form on K TikTok. You have this new application Kick coming out, so it's getting ahead of some of this stuff. Is Threads going to be around in ninety days or six months? I don't know, but you know, that's test wonderful. it out, figure it out. Can you get a following on there? I don't know, but um, Listen, everybody's. If you if you if you you know you stand in front of the train of progress, it is going to run you over. I even do you know one minute segment now. You know the hobby news every Tuesday morning. You know I mean it's just it's I see it with my own kids. I say, what do you want to watch on TV? They say, I don't watch TV. I watch YouTube Shorts. I'm like, okay, I guess I got to start making one minute long content. You know what I mean? Like, that's, right, right. So I see it in my own house. But if, if you can make long form, you know, you can make short form. It's you have to figure it out. It's going to take hours and hours of, of research and, and, you know, making mistakes and getting better. But progress, not perfection. Right. All right last question. And I'll, I'll, let you, I'll let you take it home. You've been to shows. You've been to nationals. You've been to, you know, East Coast, West Coast. You've been to you know, Mints. You've been to all over the place. One piece of advice for someone who's going to the show, you know, besides a battery pack and bring some water and a sandwich. What do you uh, think? One, one piece of advice for going to a show is, especially at the National, it's, it's overwhelming, right? There are so many booths to hit and don't have that FOMO. I know that somebody posted something about don't overspend on hotels and, and this and that. Listen, call your friends up, split a room, make sure you are prepared for a long, long day because like there are so many booths to see at the National. Wow. This show is not it's not even comparable to any other show during the year. The Mint is an incredible show, but it's oh. one tenth the size, if that, of the National. So, um, and I also, lied. I said I was going to let you take it home, but I'm going to. I just thought of something that I've never heard anyone say, and you tell me what you think. 
Here's advice. In today's day and age, we now judge people from the ground up. The first thing we're looking at with people is what kind of kicks do they have on? People are always looking at them. I think people mm-hmm. are looking now like, oh man, I gotta, I gotta be, I gotta be decked out, I gotta be fresh to death. I gotta, I gotta buy a new pair of kicks. I gotta get the Kobe's, I gotta get the Jordans, I gotta get the Yeezys, maybe not. But people are out there, you know, they're putting their outfits together because they wanna they wanna look, they wanna look good to show. You buy a new pair of sneakers, you are gonna hate it by the end of the first day. One hundred percent something comfortable, man. I know that's an old man advice, but no, that's that's great advice. And I'm the kind of guy who's like opening doors open with my feet and stuff. So I'll put on an expensive pair of sneakers and I go, why did I do this? This was so dumb, right? Make sure, absolutely, Cage, great advice. Wear a comfortable, I think that's going to be my new advice going that's forward it. is wear a comfortable pair of sneakers that you're going to be in. A, maybe bring a change of socks because your feet are probably going to stink by the end oh, of the day. Bring, so, bring a few change. Bring a few yeah. change of socks. And there you go. There you have it. Guys, go check out Daps Sports. You can obviously find them on Instagram. You can find them on YouTube. You can find them basically anywhere where you get anything. Uh, if you just type DAPS, D-A-P-P-Z in Google, they pop up. You know, their, their page is there. Find them at the Breakers Pavilion. Sounds like they're going to have some fun activations there. I appreciate you coming on. Thank you. Cage, it was a pleasure. And uh, I look forward to creating some content with you in person as well. All right? Yeah, I'll see you there Wednesday. Take care.